0: Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Happy Thursday, everybody. I hope you're all having a good week and getting ready for the weekend. This is The Last Symptom Podcast, and I'm Brian Barnett. I had borderline personality disorder for the first 35 years of my life, unaware that I had it, until a major crisis, and then I did the work to authentically rid myself of the disorder once and for all. Are you wondering how that's possible, and how I went about doing it? Well, then you need to be listening to The Last Symptom Podcast more often. Today's primary topic... Is going to be about refining or clarifying some questions you might have had based on some of my wording in the past for example number one I often talk about my love for Diana and Janelle both now and in the past of course for those of you who don't already know Diana is my ex-wife and Janelle was my mistress during the time I was married to Diana So I often talk about my love for these two women, but at the same time, I tell you that authentic love is impossible for anybody with an emotional disorder. So am I contradicting myself? Well, we're going to talk about that. I'm also going to tell you about stars, how powerful they are, and the one thing that can destroy them in an instant. Also, there's a song I want to introduce you to. To demonstrate just how unhealthy the messages are that we're bombarded with out there, uh, disguised many times as something sweet or poetic or uh, lovely. But before we really get into the meat and taters of today's show, let me go through our weekly announcements. Number one, thelastsymptom.com. That's my website full of mostly free resources and a few paid resources Uh, i want to tell you that thelastsymptom.com has recently been updated to include working links to the social media platforms i'm currently using so if you're having trouble locating me on these new social media platforms that i've moved to or if you're just lazy all you got to do is visit thelastsymptom.com scroll to the very bottom of the page to the part that says resources and you can just click on the links there to the uh, the groups that I host the paid services at thelastsymptom.com are one-on-one phone calls with me as well as zoom video meetings with me and of course the last symptom fundamentals course which is an intensive pre-recorded two-week video course for those who are truly interested in getting to the very bottom of the causes of what it is they're dealing with understanding those causes insightfully so that they can then do the work to eliminate those causes once and for all I really hope that you've been enjoying the brand new free resource that I'm making available daily this is something I call orange slices which are condensed Video insights that appear exclusively on the last symptom community on the locals.com platform. The way you can join us over there at locals, which is thriving, is you can go to thelastsymptom.locals.com in your web browser, it's that easy, and then you just subscribe to the group. Another way you can do it is you can download the locals.com app and to your phone and simply search for the last symptom and the third way which I just told you about is you can go to my website thelastsymptom.com scroll to the bottom where the resources are and simply click on the link also in order to add structure to my life and your life I have begun publishing everything that I publish at a consistent set time always so The Daily Orange Slices appear every weekday at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's New York time. And the Last Symptom podcast, the show you're listening to right now, consistently publishes every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's New York time, and I did it that way for people who are commuting to work. Uh, I wanted to tell you folks that I'm going on a big, epic backpacking excursion in the Pennsylvania mountains here in a couple weeks. But I'm taking care of business right now so that you won't miss out on any Daily Orange slices, and you won't miss out on any episodes of the Last Symptom podcast. So the only thing that's going to be affected, really, by my week-long adventure in the woods is going to be my ability to interact with folks on... The Last Symptom group on Locals and also on MeWe. As well as, uh, you know, I will be blocking off that time so that nobody... So that I won't be able to take phone calls or do any Zoom meetings during that week. I'll probably talk about this more in next week's episode. Well, here we are. We've arrived at this song I wanted to tell you about. it. The name of the song is called The Worst of You by Macy Peters. Now, this song is a song that I like. I have it on my playlist. It's very catchy in a modern pop music style way. But I want to warn you that I in no way endorse the message in this song. But here's the lyrics. I wanted to read the lyrics to you. And I wanted to see, if you've been a a student of The Last Symptom for a while, I wanted to see how many profoundly unhealthy notions that you can pick out of this song as well as the total lack of self-love and self-respect that Macy Peters is communicating in this song now you know this might just be artistic license and I'm okay with that but here's what catches me about this song what catches me about this song is that it's presented as something truly romantic. And yet, there's nothing romantic about it. It's it's so pathetic. Every sentiment, every sentiment in this song is pathetic. It's pathetic. It's unhealthy. It's ugly. It's sick. So here we go. You guys are probably thinking, just get, just get to the lyrics already. Alright, so here we go. The Worst of You by Macy Peters I ain't gonna sing it for you but, <laughs> but I'll read the lyrics it goes like this you promise it's different you swear that you listened I don't mind if you didn't cause I just love the sound of your voice you role play the good guy lemon juice your white lies but I see him in the sunrise pre-chorus you got me right in the palm of your hand and you know it oh it's what you do so let me drown I'll be there with the band hit the seabed all I'd see is you so pathetic I'm thinking get a life lady get a life start loving yourself here's the chorus so give me your worst excuses any reason to stay give me your lips that taste of her I'd kiss them again I'd rather you walk all over me than walk away. Give me the worst of you, because I want you anyway. <laughs> like I say, I've got this in my playlist, um, because it's got a catchy tune to it, and also because I don't hear these things and, uh, and see them as lovely or poetic anymore. I see them as just pathetic. you know. So it's not having an effect on me, like it might have on many people who are surrounded by these sorts of messages that this is what romance is is like this is what love does right? (laughs) love allows people to just walk all over you and abuse you the chorus continues so take me to every party and just talk to your friends why don't you let me down, I'll let you do it again go on and walk all over me, just don't walk away Give me the worst of you, because I want you anyway. Bleh, puke. Verse 2. We make up, but I know we'll fist fight through iPhones, my left hook a no-show. Because I'll just keep letting you win. But baby, the truth is I make your excuses. You let me down and I'm used to it. Oh, you got me right in the palm of your hand and you know it. Oh, it's what you do so let me drown I'll be there with the band hit the seabed all I'd see is you oh so give me your worst excuses any reason to stay give me your lips the taste of her I'd kiss them again uh boy that, that verse is really pathetic <laughs> I'd rather you walk all over me than walk away yeah because you've got no self worth give me the worst of you cause I want you anyway oh take me to every party and just talk to your friends why don't you let me down I'll let you do it again go on and walk all over me just don't walk away please don't go give me the worst of you because I want you anyway 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 another night another dotted line I sign my heart away to you some call it foolish guess I'll call it art this is a up until this part of the song I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's trying to paint a a picture of just some pathetic girl, but then she ends it with some call it foolish, guess I'll call it art well, I hope that you're not somebody who hears these sorts of lyrics and goes aww hopefully when you hear lyrics like this, you go puke puke, puke um just profoundly unhealthy. And like I say, uh, the the song itself, the tune and everything, the beat, I really I really dig it, but um, I just want to tell you about that song. you know, maybe I'll start highlighting things that I find in songs and um, television shows and movies that are just profoundly unhealthy that get passed off as being romantic and and nice. So there's that. Let's talk about stars for just a little bit stars you know those big balls of fiery gas in the sky they're unbelievably big now here's how big stars are they're so big that our brains have trouble truly comprehending the sizes that they represent I remember I backpacked down to the bottom of Grand Canyon and going into bottom of Grand Canyon, it was like my brain could not wrap itself around the enormity of distances that I was looking at. I'd never seen anything like it before. Well, you take uh, stars and multiply that by billions. They're so big that we just truly, as human beings, have the most difficult time truly comprehending these sizes and truly what they represent it's said that a million Earths could fit into our nearest star the Sun and yet there are many stars that are so enormous they make our Sun our star look like a dot in the sky I mean like a dot I find all this fascinating, but there's something that's even more fascinating still. And that is a star's almost magical weakness. Do you know what it is? The one thing that can completely undo these enormous monsters in a single instant and cause them to disappear from existence. Do you know what that thing is? that thing is iron iron yeah listen as soon as a star begins fusing oxygen and carbon into iron within its core the star begins to die and the entire star literally dies within seconds within seconds the iron ...disrupts the star's entire fusion process. You see, iron, as, as soon as a speck of it appears, it eats up all of the energy of the star's nuclear fusion. And without that nuclear fusion, the star collapses in on itself in a thousandth of a second. An unbelievably tiny speck of iron can completely undo a star larger than anything we can imagine in a thousandth of a second. I've been thinking about how many aspects of my authentic recovery from borderline personality disorder was like this. A couple of relatively simple epiphanies that I experienced early on opened my eyes to the true nature of of what it was that I was dealing with. And life after that was never going to be the same. Borderline Personality Disorder was a whole complex, interconnected system, relying on some fundamental things in order to be able to exist. So these couple of very profound realizations I had, in literally one second to the next second, threw a wrench into the works it was like a tiny speck of iron suddenly being formed in the core of a monster star and the star's process being undone in a thousandth of a second no I was not instantly cured as you know if you've been listening for a while It took me seven more years to accomplish that but the damage was already done the process had already been started the star was not going to be able to continue its whole process had been interrupted still in my personal experience with recovery even though the the process itself the full process took many years I did experience many immediate benefits I mean from one instant to the next for example, one second I was ate up with shame. The very next second, I began rejecting shame completely. One second, I believed my feelings could be good or bad, right or wrong. The very next second, I knew that feelings could not be classified in this way and that my feelings always mattered. One second, I viewed certain people in my life as being people I needed. The next second, my eyes were opened, and I realized those people were not good for me. They were hurting me, and they had always been hurting me. One second, I was a puppet to my misperceptions about life. The very next second, I had new power to begin to assume control. One second, everything I believed about myself was based on what I imagined other people thought, as well as other external measurements. The very next second, I saw how foolish and inaccurate and inappropriate that perspective is, and I began to not care at all what other people think. One second, I I really disliked myself. I hated myself. And the very next second I began to look at myself differently and to feel compassion toward myself and especially toward the little boy that I used to be and that I still am on some level within me so there were many immediate benefits like this for me many stars popping out of existence their systems interrupted by my new accurate insight And it was the accumulation of insights like this over the course of seven years that finally dissolved the biggest star of them all. That is the disorder itself in its entirety. Still, it all started with that first speck of iron years before. My first epiphany. Snowballing into more epiphanies. So, I hope you're taking advantage of All the resources that The Last Symptom offers, which are full of insights that can help you or somebody you care about begin to snuff out monster stars in your own life. Here's a question from a follower regarding my love for Diana and Janelle. She says, Hi Brian. This is not a try-and-catch-you-out question. It comes from a place of genuinely wanting to understand the things you say, as I believe you've absolutely nailed this. My question is, you've spoken on the podcast about how we aren't capable of true, authentic love when we have an emotional disorder. I get that. Let's see. Just skipping ahead here a little bit. But you also talk of how much you loved your ex-wife and your mistress, so I'm just wondering if you mean that in a as much as someone with an emotional disorder can sort of way, or do you love them now as in retrospectively? Here's my answer. Yes, I loved them in the sense that I had strong feelings and a very positive view of both of them. Did I authentically love them? Not then, not back then, because the very nature of my emotional disorder made authentic love, which, remember, is a quality, it's not just a feeling. So, you know, the, the world has taught you that if you feel affection for somebody, that's love. Love is not just a feeling of affection. So, the very nature of my emotional disorder made authentic love Impossible. Remember that the very cause of things like borderline personality disorder, you know, the very thing creating it, is the belief that one's feelings are inherently shameful and devoid of inherent worth. And that this is true for the individual himself or herself, too. The notion that a person living with these two unconscious attitudes or perspectives is capable of loving himself or herself at the same time is an impossibility. A person who unconsciously views himself as naturally devoid of inherent inherent worth, does not love himself. He instead loathes himself. So genuine love for others is an impossibility for any person who's not capable of loving himself or herself first. Again, true love is not just a feeling. How we feel is not what determines true love. Love is first and foremost a quality. You know, like honesty is a quality. So it it don't matter how honest we feel... ...if we're not living up to the things that the quality of honesty... ...inherently requires. So yes, using casual speech... ...I often say I love Diana... And I loved Janelle when I'm talking about that period in my life when I still lived with borderline personality disorder. The reason I do this is for simplicity. The reality is that my love for them was built upon unhealthy needs, much of which were entirely selfish. And I did not have an accurate, healthy notion of what feelings are, the nature of people and relationships and these sorts of things. So how could I possibly have experienced true love for them given all of these realities? Now here's the thing. I'm able to love them for real now. And when I think back to them with greater insight and understanding, having corrected my underlying false attitudes and perspectives, I do love both of those girls very, very much. And... I miss them tremendously. I tremendously regret all that I was unable to give them while they were in my life. As I've uh, explained in the past, some terminology is okay to use incorrectly in casual conversation by people who know the real nature of the things they're saying. For example, when healthy people talk about triggers They don't literally believe that external things have power over our feelings and behaviors. In fact, they know the opposite is true that each one of us are self contained machines and that only we ourselves, nothing outside of us, but we ourselves are actually generating all of our own feelings and thoughts and behaviors ourselves, by ourselves. Therefore, the idea that external things can, quote-unquote, trigger us to feel or behave in certain ways is utter bullshit. Since unhealthy people are already dealing with subtly distorted perspectives on the nature of things like this, it's not appropriate for them to use terms like triggers if they are interested in truly escaping distorted perceptions. So when I talk about how much I loved Diana and Janelle during that time of my life, you are correct. It was not authentic love at that time. But I do love them now. And when I'm thinking back to my time with them, I'm experiencing real love for them now, years after the fact. Here's uh, three things I wanted to share with you. Authentic love and certain behaviors and thinking cannot coexist. Any behavior, any attitude that contradicts the very nature of what love is means love is simply not in existence there. Number two, the very foundation of something like. Borderline personality disorder, you know, I talk often about borderline personality disorder, but this applies to all emotional disorders. So, the very foundation of something like an emotional disorder makes authentic love an impossibility simply by the very nature of what it is. Love, for example, is not selfish, it's not self motivated, and yet, for unhealthy people, that's all. It is. It's all about what the person is providing you. Do they look the right way that matches your idea of how you want society to view you? Very superficial, um, unhealthy, needy things, you know. Are they... Providing you with everything you need. Number three. Feelings do not identify love. Attitudes, behaviors, and thinking identify authentic love. Because love is a quality, not just a feeling. As a quality, love produces some good feelings as a natural result. But love is not just a feeling in and of itself how you feel is not an accurate indication for authentic love so as i evolved from emotional unhealth to emotional health so did my love for these two girls i'm able to say now that i authentically love diana which is tough for me sometimes because i haven't seen her in a decade and she's remarried And, you know, I don't even know if she'd ever want to talk, uh, thinks of me or would want to talk to me again. But thinking back to all that she did for me, the sacrifices she made, the things I put her through, uh, just the quality of woman that she is, the the great honor I had to spend about 10 years of my life with her. um, And to, you know, really had an opportunity to get to know her so well, but I didn't. So... There are so many things that I've learned about her since, Be- because, uh, you know, I still have the letters, I still have the memories, I still have all those things that I've been able to re-examine those things and understand them more accurately uh, than I did when I was living it. But I'm able to selflessly look back at at what she adored, what she did for me, the many years I undeservedly had the privilege of spending with her, as well as remember her qualities, and I love that woman very much. I really wish I could compensate her for all the artificial selfish love I made her endure and hopefully through my work I'm I'm doing that. I also have great love for Janelle and I think about her and I miss her very often I also have many regrets for what I selfishly put her through... and I often wish that I can make it up to her... but again... her life has moved on... she has a family of her own now... and... um, that moment has passed... time and life... keep moving without us sometimes... and then there's no going back... We just have to appreciate the time we did have, treasure it, learn from it, and be grateful that we got to share those things with special people at all. And that's the show today. For this week, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, As I said, probably in the next episode, I'll tell you more about my upcoming trip in the woods and kind of prepare you for that so that you know uh... you know if you reach out to me on locals or something and a week passes and you still haven't heard from me you'll know what's going on really looking forward to this trip folks uh... this is a trail that i did back in two thousand and eight A lot of wildlife out there porcupines black bear timber rattlesnakes and uh last year the same time when I left here and went to uh, an area of Pennsylvania it's a little bit further south than the place I'll be going to this time it was full spring here trees were uh, had their foliage everything was green and I got up there into northern Pennsylvania and it was brown everything was brown nothing had started growing yet it was still end of winter there in the mountains so I'm kind of expecting then that's going to be the case this year too which is which will be nice I I prefer to backpack in kind of uh cooler temperatures and um at that time of year you know kind of in the winter months late fall uh that that's my preferred time to backpack so I'm really looking forward to it I I plan on doing some orange slices while I'm out there just to kind of give you guys Kind of a really nice backdrop to uh, appreciate and view these videos as settings you know to view these videos so uh anyway we will talk about that later folks you all take care i hope to see you there on locals and um daily for the uh daily orange slices and also next week's this uh same place same time you all take care